God, I'm thankful that uh, we have the opportunity to open ourselves up to your agenda. And I pray that is what happens, that your agenda uh, gets fed into us and we receive it and make changes to our life and enjoy the peace that uh, you offer. And so um, I'm praying that my words would actually be in alignment with your agenda and that you would um, just give us insights that we have not had so that our life can be healthier. And I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, I don't know if I've ever said it this clearly or not, but I have an agenda. I have an agenda every time I'm here on stage to get you to understand who God is the way I think God is, to get you to see Jesus as the very Son of God, and to get you to receive His words in your life and actually do something about it. And I will do anything to get this agenda across. I want you to understand who I am so you, there's some, some credibility. I want you to feel like I'm not too unlike you so it doesn't seem it's unattainable. I want to be myself so you can be yourself. And what I do is so often measured and calculated for the agenda of getting you to God. I don't know if you've ever been said that clearly to you or not, but that's an agenda I have. In fact, that's an agenda Crossroads has. And every single organization, every single person in your life has an agenda. Cracks me up when people go, gosh, you know, our organization has such an agenda. What's this agenda? What's their agenda? Every single living thing has an agenda. Algae has an agenda. <laughs> Everything has an agenda. There is absolutely nothing that does not have an agenda. The question is whether or not it's an agenda that is healthy, whether or not it's an agenda that's based on love, is it an agenda that it's for my personal betterment or for their betterment that means that I lose? What, what the question is, how valuable is it? In the book of Philippians in the Bible, chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, it, it puts it this way. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let these agendas sink into you. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, my agenda, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Every single person I know wants peace. And it says there's a God of peace and the way we receive his peace is by being open to his agenda, which comes in forms that are true, Honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellence. In this series, we're trying to become aware of the agendas that are being force-fed to us, the things that are in our culture that are constantly being jammed down our throat and to give us the lenses through which to view whether or not this is something I agree with and whether or not I want this to take root in my life and will this thing actually have peace on me. One of the early agendas that was forced on me is one of my my mom and dad actually used the baby, actually used the television to babysit me. Yes, they did. They used the television to babysit me. Can you actually believe that? Yes. People said, man, you use the television to babysit your kids. Absolutely, I did. No question about it. So you have kids. Don't judge me. Yes, kids, stick your face in front of there and chew on some sugar and just leave me alone. And I, I, I absolutely was babysat by television. My two babysitters that were force-fed on me were Sesame Street and Electric Company. The Electric Company! Who's old enough to remember the Electric Company? Yeah! Morgan Freeman wearing a full denim suit. God bless America. That's what our country was founded on. Yes, that's where he had his start. And I, there was an agenda that was forced on me. The agenda was two plus two is four. That was the agenda. 
It actually sunk into me and influenced me. The agenda was modeling a multicultural society. Let's show me we have women and men and young and old and white and black and purple. That was the agenda and it was forced on me and it was a healthy agenda. And it's no different than today. Things I watch, there's a constant agenda that's put on top of me. Now, one of the things that I get all the time is a certain question well, I'll ask you a question before I tell you this. Raise your hand if you are a person in here that's actually heard a person by the name of Brian Wells teach. If you've actually heard a person by the name of Brian Wells teach, I don't ask you to hoot, but that's okay if you want to. If you have never heard a person by the name of Brian Wells speak, raise your hand. If you've never heard a person, yeah, why are you hooting for? Am I going to... And that's, that's about what I thought. Brian Wells, about uh, uh, two and a half years or so ago, left staff at Crossroads. He used to teach one out of every four weekends. And as you can notice, since he's left, Crossroads has doubled. He was the thing that was actually, <laughs> actually holding, <laughs> holding us back. Yeah. Um, no, he is, uh, he, he, I get regular questions. What's Brian Wells doing? What's Brian Wells doing? And I, I can't, normally I can't answer those questions because there's a lot of confidential stuff. And actually, I'm going to let him answer those questions today because what he's doing with his life actually fits hand in glove. Actually fits hand in glove with the Force Feed series. So please welcome my friend Brian Wells back up on, uh, on the stage here at Crossroads. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's that, my, uh, that, that, that hugging thing was uncomfortable for you yeah, still. You didn't really like that, the hugging I thing. don't mind, to be clear, I don't mind the hug. It's when people inhale when they hug you. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> they're getting something out of the hug God did not intend. <laughs> That's what I would say. Uh, yeah, that is true. But speaking of agendas, I, you know, I've been traveling a lot, so I haven't actually seen you that much, even though we live next door to each other. I haven't seen you that much. And, uh, I'm noticing the hair has a growing agenda here. You know, it the is. whole, did you see the Gordon Gecko thing that's starting to happen in the, yeah, in the uh, back? What? I, I haven't done it this long since high school, so uh, doing that, having to use the gel to carry over oh, on the, this. Yeah, thing. there's the... Oh, uh, uh, there we go. That yeah. was uh, back at the beginning of Crossroads. You can see uh, the agenda of my cell phone on my right hip. That was, that was cutting edge <laughs> technology back in 1996. Look at that sucker. Man, of course, you were short back then as well, back. if you notice that. It... Five foot nine and a half, average height for a man in the U.S. All right, clear. So, um, anything else you want to get out of, you know, before we get in? While we're at it, sure, let's just keep going then, yeah. Um, uh, next door neighbors, so we've been next door neighbors for what? Well, we've been neighbors for... Neighbors for 50. about 10 years. Known each other no, for... Gosh, gosh, time. 13 years, little yeah. next door neighbors for yeah. six or seven. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and being neighbors with Brian is fascinating. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it has, it has had its benefits sometime, though. The, the one that you uh, always love for me to remind you of was uh, uh, a while back. Um, this was actually a long time ago, and we, we had a small baby at the time. I think John was just a baby. Grace wasn't here yet. And I got really sick. I got intensely sick. I was so sick, I was doubled up on the floor in my living room in pain, uh, having uh, dehydrated and cramps and starting to have, you know, kind of convulsions. And it was just really, really intense. And so we had a little baby at the time. So Nancy 
calls Brian, says, you got to take Brian to the hospital. You got, somebody's got to take him to the hospital. So you came by, great, you know, loaded me in the car, took me to the hospital, we get up to Jewish Kenwood, you know, they take me in and take me in. The first thing they do, because they see I'm so dehydrated, they put an IV in me, hook me up to that. And, you know, I'm almost like half comatose at the time, you know. And, uh, and the nurse leaves because they're really busy. She leaves to do other things. And uh, Brian's in there with me, thank goodness. And um, uh, the IV machine starts beeping. So, you know, beep, 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 it's going off, something, something's, uh, something's wrong here. And uh, I look over, kind of my one half open eye, and I'm like, oh, but Brian's here, good, he'll take care of it. You know, that's, uh, that's great, I feel a little better here, not gonna die, you know, not on his watch, not on his watch. Uh, so Brian jumps up, awesome, he's gonna go get a nurse, you know. No, Brian jumps up, it's totally true. Brian jumps up, he walks around the corner of my bed, and he starts flipping switches on the IV machine. <laughs> Completely true. Play. Starts flipping switches until the, uh, the darn beeping stops, you know? The beeping stops, he sits down again with this really pleased look on his face like, yeah, that's a leader, huh? It, yeah. It, uh, yeah. Took care of it. Took care of it. <laughs> Nurse comes running in, starts yelling at me stuff about, you know, air bubbles in the IV, IV hose and things like that. And I think it was that Monday we decided to take Brian off any hospital visitation after that. <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, as you know, as Brian and I go back a, a long time, the first time we ever physically met was uh, when he made a recruiting call on me, recruiting slash interviewing call on me in Pittsburgh. Got to interact with him. Brian was uh, one of the original people that had the vision and desire to uh, start a church for their friends that had given up on church, but not necessarily on God. Uh, was part of the core crossroads. Uh, recruited me here, hired me with some other folks well, as a PNG, and the crossroads started taking off. Procter and Gamble career for how long? Uh, nine years. Nine, nine, nine years. years. Uh, he left, and inside of the first year, Crossroads started. Came back on, came on staff at Crossroads, and did virtually anything. You, you name it. You were pastor of it. Yeah. Whatever it was, it needed to done. You got, you got it done. Yeah, I called myself utility infielder. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, something started to happen differently inside of you. Uh, they're actually, wait, well, you just tell a story, I'm sorry. T tell the story what happened. Yeah, sure, so that goes back now, I, I don't know, we'll go back six or seven years ago now. Uh, one summer, uh, when I went away to do some, uh, some study, one of the books that I read was a book called Good News About Injustice uh, by, a guy, by a guy by the name of Gary Haugen, who a lot of you have kind of come to know. He's come here to Crossroads and spoken. He's become a dear friend of ours. Uh, but Gary was a lawyer working for the Justice Department in Washington, D.C. And on the tail end of the whole Rwanda massacre, they put him on loan to the United Nations as the chief genocide investigator uh, for Rwanda. And uh, Gary came back from that experience, you know, wading through the, you know, 700,000 or so uh, bodies over there. He came back profoundly bothered by the question of he felt like God's people could, could have done a better job helping prevent that tragedy over there. Um, and it drove him, uh, Gary's a follower of Christ, it drove him to the Bible and taking a look at the trail throughout the Bible that God is a God of justice and that he wants justice here on this earth and the very explicit commands that we have, if we take the Bible seriously, to come to the aid of the widow, to come to the aid of protection of the orphan, 
to uh, come to the aid of the powerless and bring justice to the powerless. And so he, uh, he left that, uh, he left the Justice Department and he started this organization called International Justice Mission to try to deal with some of these things. And that book was basically a summation of walking through the Bible and God's call to justice for us to be his hands and feet in bringing justice to the powerless around the world and then also comparing it with some of the awful things that were going on in the world. Uh, some of the awful inju uh, injustice, including a lot of issues issues of human trafficking, forced prostitution, child exploitation, uh, things like that. I came back from reading that just, it rocked my world. It rocked my world. Remember, we, we sat down and talked when I came back uh, with you and a few others here from Crossroads and just, uh, you guys, and this is one of the benefits of being in community, you know, our our, our lives are so transient nowadays that very rarely do we get in the same spot for any length of time to really do life in a real way with people. And one of the values of community was, for me was I had people around me like you and others here who did nothing but pour fuel on that fire and say, if you're feeling this, you need to do something about this. Uh, uh, and I ended up going out in D.C., met with them, and came back with kind of some plans that we put in place. And what grew out of that then was the justice ministry here at Crossroads, the work that we have going on in South Asia, uh, the work we have going on in India. Where there we're was an agenda that was poured into you from a book that actually took root, and it was a good, noble, honorable agenda. And anytime you hear about some of the stuff we're doing justice work on our plans in the future, we're going to start hearing more of those. It all came down to this guy right here, receiving an agenda that was honorable, commendable, and trustworthy, and then God's built on that over the last several years. Yeah, and obviously a lot of other people have come in and kind of taken that yes. uh, uh, to new places. Um, but yeah, so we started that and the stuff in, in, in 